six podcast in my series dealing with common questions and controversies of Christianity. In today's lesson, I want to address a controversial doctrine commonly known as Lordship Salvation. The gospel that Jesus proclaimed was a call to a commitment of discipleship and a demand to follow him in submissive obedience. Now, this is in contrast to the modern day plea to make a decision or simply to pray a prayer. The gospel of the Bible is an offer of eternal life and forgiveness for repentant sinners. At the same time, it's a rebuke to outward religious people whose lives are empty of true righteousness. It puts sinners on notice that they must turn from their sin and turn to Christ and embrace God's righteousness. What's most important for us to know is that our Lord's words about salvation were very often accompanied by warnings to those who might make a flippant and insincere decision regarding salvation. Our Lord constantly implied that the cost of following him was extremely high. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's a presentation of salvation that calls for a willingness to abandon oneself, to suffer for him, and a disposition toward willing obedience. Present-day evangelism, by and large, ignores those warnings. The prevailing view of what constitutes saving faith continues to grow broader and more shallow, while the portrayal of Christ in preaching and witnessing becomes more and more fuzzy. Because of this, faith has become merely an intellectual exercise. Instead of calling men and women to surrender to Christ, modern evangelism asks them only to accept certain facts and then to pray those facts. The shallow interpretation is known as easy believism, and it stands in stark contrast to what the Bible actually teaches. Easy believism applies to those who believe all that salvation requires is to repeat a prayer and again acknowledge certain facts. Repeating a prayer is pretty easy, and that's why they call it easy believism. But there's more to salvation than repeating words. To put it simply, the gospel call to faith presupposes that a sinner must repent or be willing to turn from their sin and yield to Christ's authority as God. This, in a nutshell, is what is commonly referred to as lordship salvation. It's a surrendering and a yielding of all that we are to all that Christ is. Now, just to be clear, there are many articles of faith that are fundamental to all evangelical teaching. There's an agreement among all believers on seven truths. The first truth is that Christ's death purchased eternal salvation. Secondly, those who are saved are justified by grace alone through faith in Christ alone. Third, sinners cannot merit or earn divine favor. Fourth, God requires no preparatory works or pre-salvation reformation. Fifth, eternal life is not by works, but it is a free gift of God. Number six, Believers are saved before their faith ever produces any righteous works. And finally, Christians can do sin, and sometimes horribly. So those are the seven non-negotiable distinctives that all true evangelicals hold to. So what are the distinctives of lordship salvation? What do the scriptures teach that is embraced by those who affirm lordship salvation but are rejected by proponents of easy believism? Well, there are nine distinctives. Number one. Scripture teaches that the gospel calls sinners to faith joined in oneness with repentance. They are two sides of the same coin. Without both, a coin doesn't exist. 
So salvation requires both repentance along with faith. Now, repentance is absolutely essential, and it's often neglected in today's gospel. So what is repentance? Well, it's simply a desire to turn away from sin. This is a common understanding for us today. If we want to lose weight, then we have to turn away from the fast food and turn towards more healthy options. If we want to rid ourselves of any bad habit, then we have to turn away from that habit and turn toward better things. So the gospel requires that we be willing to turn away from our sin toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't something we do by our own power. It's actually not a human work, or it would be a gospel of works, which Paul calls an anathema. Repentance isn't ultimately a human choice. It's a divine bestowed grace. Acts 11.18 says, When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. So listen to that carefully. It's repentance that leads to eternal life. 2 Timothy 2.25 tells us that in gentleness we are to correct those who are in opposition and that maybe God might grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth or leading to the scriptures. So repentance is a grace that will affect a change in behavior as well. John the Baptist said this to the Pharisees in Luke 3.8, Therefore bear fruits in keeping with repentance. In contrast, then, easy believism teaches that repentance is simply a synonym for faith and that no turning from sin is required for salvation. But that's not what the scriptures teach. Secondly, scriptures teach that salvation is all of God's work. Those who believe are saved utterly apart from any effort on their own. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Since faith is a gift of God, it can't be defective and it can't be short-lived. Faith lives forever. Philippians 1.6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. In contrast, then, easy believism teaches that faith might not last and that true Christians can completely cease to believe. Thirdly, true saving faith requires a personal commitment to Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says that Christ died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. In other words, all true believers follow Christ. In John 10.27 and 28, the Lord said this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Now, in contrast, easy believism then teaches that saving faith is simply being convinced of gospel facts with no necessity of commitment to Christ. Fourthly, the Bible teaches that real faith inevitably produces a changed life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 1 John 3, 9 through 10 says, No one who is born of God practices sin. Because his seed abides in him, he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. 
You see, the nature of a Christian is new and different. Listen to Romans 6.6. 6. Paul says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Before we were saved, we were in complete bondage to our flesh and to sin. Those with genuine faith follow Christ, John 10, 27. They love their brethren, 1 John 3, 14. They obey God's commandments, 1 John 2, 3 and John 5, 14. They do the will of God, Matthew 12, 50. They abide in God's word, John 8, 31. They keep God's word, John 17, 6. They do the works of God, according to Ephesians 2, 10. And they continue in faith, Colossians 1, 21 through 23 and Hebrews 3, 14. Now, in contrast, then, easy believism teaches that although some spiritual fruit is inevitable, it's not necessary for those who are saved and they can lapse into a state of permanent spiritual barrenness. And again, that is not what Scripture teaches. Fifth, God's Word tells us that God's gift of eternal life includes all that pertains to life and godliness. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also, with him, freely give us all things? Now, in contrast, then, According to easy believism, only the judicial aspects of salvation, such as justification, adoption, and positional sanctification, are guaranteed for believers. In other words, salvation only changes our status, but not the practical outworking of our lives. Practical sanctification and growth are not guaranteed, but instead are optional. Sixth, Scripture teaches us that Jesus is Lord of all, and the faith that he demands involves unconditional surrender. Romans 6, 17 and 18 says, But thanks be to God, though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You see, true salvation creates an obedience from the heart. That means that it's a willing obedience and that we desire to obey him in order to please him. You see, surrender to Christ's lordship isn't an addendum to the biblical terms of salvation. It's a summons to submission. And it's at the heart of the gospel invitation all through scripture. In contrast then to lordship salvation, easy believism teaches that submission to Christ's supreme authority is not absolutely necessary. It's not necessary to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, that is not what the scriptures teach. Seventh, Scripture teaches that those who truly believe are going to love Christ. 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9 says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. 1 Corinthians six twenty two says, If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. In contrast, then, to lordship salvation, easy believism teaches that Christians may or may not truly love him, and they could possibly fall into a state of lifelong disobedience and carnality. Eighth, Scripture teaches that obedience is evidence that one's faith is real. 1 John 2.3, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The opposite is true if we are utterly unwilling to be obedient to Christ. 1 John 2.4. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar 
and the truth is not in him. Again, in contrast, easy believism teaches that disobedience and prolonged sin are no reason to doubt the reality of one's faith. And that's dangerous thinking. Ninth, the Bible teaches that genuine believers may stumble and fall, but they will persevere in their faith. Those who turn completely away from the Lord show that they were never really truly His. 1 John 2.19 says that they went out from us, but they were not really of us. If they had been with us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that they would be shown that they were not of us. Again, in contrast to Lordship Salvation, Easy Believism teaches that a true believer may utterly forsake Christ and come to a point of unbelief and still remain saved. These truths have been basic tenets of orthodoxy throughout history. In fact, no major movement in history of Christianity has ever taught that sinners can spurn the Lordship of Christ and yet lay claim to Him as Savior. So it's pretty clear that the doctrine of Lordship salvation is essential, especially if we're going to proclaim the gospel correctly. A gospel that has no expectations is no gospel at all. Well, that concludes this podcast, and I hope it's been helpful. In our next lesson, we're going to be looking at one of the most despised doctrines of all, and that's the doctrine of divine election. Well, hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Until then, may you learn Christ, love Christ, and live for the glory of Christ. Christ.